podcast welcome to the show thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate you being here hit us up on twitter at Derek and mike pod uh we're on instagram as Derek and mike and we have a website Derek and mike.com my name is mike and this is my boy Derek. what's up mike what's up everybody hey d do you remember in a recent episode you mentioned your neighbor was kind enough to offer you a burning bush do you recall yes, that situation it, it at was, all? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't my neighbor. He okay. was the guy that cuts my lawn. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, he's in charge of your lawn maintenance. That makes this juicier. Yeah. Well, yeah. you might want to punch that guy in the face. Um, Why? <laughs> because uh, apparently burning bush is not a great plant to introduce into your home's ecosystem. It. Uh, oh. It's, it's considered a super invasive plant, so when you plant it, it, like, takes over and kills other plants, particularly, like, um, herbs and stuff, like delicate edible plants, which I'm sure you have a lot of. Huh. Also, yeah. it's toxic to animals and humans. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you might have dodged a bullet well. there, dude. Yeah, well, you know what's ironic is that I've asked for... Yesterday, I texted him and I said, "Hey, can you get me another whole bur- burning bush?" And I haven't heard back from him yet. Did he? Oh, so I don't know. When he, he offered it to gets, you, did you take it? Like, did you plant it? No, no. I thought it was weed. I thought he was offering me weed oh, because who's going to text right. you and offer you a burning bush? I don't even know what a burning bush is. The only thing I know how to convey to that is that's that must be weed. Yeah, like right? it has. No. Yeah, it's it's. What else could it be? Yeah, it's weed. It's I've never heard of a burning bush, and I bought weed from this guy before, so it must be weed. You know what's funny is when when you smoke weed, you assume everyone else is always talking about weed and also smokes weed. Do you ever notice yeah, that? Yeah, well, he does always talk about weed, and he always smokes weed, too. Okay, well, so, it's fair in his case. Yeah, but, but, but even but people, you're right. But even yeah. people who don't, like mm-hmm. you see an old man sitting at a, at a, like a diner alone eating, and you're watching him, and you're like, I bet that guy smokes weed. Totally. Or you walk into somebody's like house and you see all these lighters. You're like, what do you got all those lighters there for? Yeah. What are those lighters for, huh? Yeah, Smoking yeah. Smoking some weed. Let's break it out. Um, on that topic, I was actually eating in a restaurant yesterday during work. So I was eating alone, working on my computer inside a restaurant. I looked out the window and I noticed a guy smoking crack right there on the patio, dude. Whoa. Yeah. That's bold. Like yeah. right right next he was the alone on the patio, but there's a whole wall of windows separating the indoors area where I was sitting, um, with the outdoor patio where he was sitting, in full view, just sitting at a table alone, uh, twisting his, you know, little uh little glass pipe there, uh, smoking away. Yeah, just just burning <laughs> a rock. <laughs> What you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? Come take my crap pipe for me? Dude, Come on. Okay, what's really funny is uh, he's, you know, virtually a homeless guy. He was, you know, he's pretty disheveled. And uh, yeah. uh, he just kind of sat down, mind his own business. I don't care. I'm just eating my hamburger. And um, I, I noticed that he's twisting this glass pipe in his hands in the motion that you do. You twist side to side, uh, so I'm told, while you're smoking crack. And um, he was twisting it in his hand, like, up, not even trying to hide it, like, very visually, like, holding his arm up close to his mouth, you know, twisting it. Not smoking it, no fire, just twisting it. Uh, nervously, uh-huh. tweakerish, if you will. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh. and he was twisting, and cars are passing, and people are walking by, and no one's really paying him any attention. He's just, you know, fiddling with his glass pipe. And then uh, a sheriff uh, SUV drives right by, stops at a red light right in front of the restaurant, and his glass pipe is still up in full view. He's twiddling with it. Wow. And that's the moment he chose to flick the lighter and start smoking. <laughs> right when the Oh my god. Right when the sheriff yeah, wow. is I don't know, fifty, sixty feet away from him, stopped at a red light. And I'm watching the sheriff going like, Oh dude, what's gonna happen here? And uh, the sheriff never looked over his left shoulder, never glanced in his direction, didn't notice, and this guy just smoked his crack right next to a sheriff in the open, right in downtown, and the sheriff just when the light turned green, he just drove away. Wow. So really, what you going to do? 
What uh, you gonna do? You gonna come take my crack pipe, Sheriff? Come uh, on. I was I was uh, kind where, of enjoying it. What town it? was that? Uh, Riverside. Yeah, no, that's I would downtown enjoy it too. Riverside. Oh, downtown Riverside. Like, oh, like I'm totally yeah, cool by, with uh, it. He's not. You know, there was no kids around. He's not hurting anybody or whatever. He's just you know yeah, sitting down. It's a victimless I, crime. I was just trying to smoke a rock, right? So I'm I'm enjoying it, kind of watching him. He sees me look at him, and I give him a kind of look like I don't give a shit, dude. Like do your thing, you know. And he's just kind of like twisting away. And then the uh, staff of the restaurant noticed him out there, and they uh, you know quickly jumped on their phones and decided they needed to uh get this get this guy off their patio and and at that point he he either caught wind of their uh catching wind of him or he just was done smoking a rock and and um grabbed his stuff and walked on it sounds like a whole bunch of kids uh trying to smoke a bowl with a hookah uh in san San diego is what it sounds like yeah that that was so funny oh man yeah but so anyway, the, the, yeah. the burning bush yeah. uh, does sound like something that you would say, like um, you know, undercover talk for for smoking weed. And uh, yeah. I decided to let you know if this guy offers you the actual burning bush plant again, um, you might want to politely decline that. No, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I did not know that about the burning bush, and um, you know, in retrospect, I guess it's kind of it as the only first and only plant that he had ever offered me. Was a burning bush. Well, what did so? Well, and then okay, so it's an invasive plant that will take over your yard and kill everything else. And it's it's extra it's extra interesting that this is the guy who is in charge of maintaining your lawn. He's the one who offered you this invasive plant. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to uh, to have to trim it all the time or something. I'm look. I, I looked it up. It's, um, it's a beautiful bush, it, actually. It is a beautiful bush, right? That is that is one beautiful bush. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pay for that one later. Oh, uh, that that is one beautiful red bush. I'm, sh- I'm sure just, it's you are no just, stranger to beautiful red bushes, Derek. I am not. I am not. I I see one every day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, I had to take it there. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry that I put that in your mind. I apologize. Well, you were just kinda, talking about your beard, not, right? I mean, you have a big red yeah, bushy beard. A big red bushy beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Get your I mean, mind out of the gutters. Uh, yeah. What else could? Well, I mean, gosh, yeah, disgusting. Uh, but yeah, it's a really rad looking yeah. plant. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm I'm embellishing or whatever. Lots of plants are considered invasive, and lots of plants are considered toxic that people have. Like I think eucalyptus trees are considered toxic to dogs and all that. So, um, you know, you might not want to run screaming from a burning bush, but um, I don't know. You may not want to have it in the backyard if you're uh, if you have a dog back there who may eat some leaves or who knows. I don't know. But I thought it was kind of funny that uh, oh, th- this guy offered you a poisonous invasive plant. Like, thanks, Dick. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to check into that. I, I don't, I can't say too much publicly. Oh, uh, oh, this sounds like a sensitive subject. Like, do you have a loss, well, lawsuit know. against this guy? <laughs> like, yeah, I can't I discuss think, this think, publicly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, refer to Chat GPT to see if I can take some legal action. Oh, against this, so I can't, I can't disclose what it is, but I will say. That there are some positives about a burning bush, mm. depending on the context. Okay. Okay. So th- there is a spiritual significance. There is the where in the biblical some story, religious, yeah. in some religious and cultural traditions, a burning bush is seen as a symbol of divine presence and revelation. Oh, I just want you to know that. Did you make that up, or are you utilizing artificial intelligence to make yourself sound smarter? I'm offended right now, Mike. You don't think that I have this in the vestiges of my brain right here? I mean, because, for example, in the Hebrew Bible, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. Whoa. And the image has come to represent a moment of profound spiritual insight and inspiration. So there, you know, you got God speaking to Moses through a burning bush. Like, so God is inside a burning bush or something. Which obviously happened. I mean, there's no disputing that's totally factual and obviously yeah. occurred of course of course yeah who would question that well, which yeah. which book was that in derek just off the top of your head the bible yeah yeah but like which bible the hebrew bible oh the torah ah yeah all right yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> the torah can't type fast enough huh 
<laughs> you think you caught me? You didn't catch me. I caught you. Didn't you. Catch oh, me you're at busted. All. Oh, you're busted, dude. You're, you're no, using like no. you're using bots to uh, to uh, rebut or add to the. Ooh. ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, rebut. Are you doing it? Are you looking at an AI now? No, no, no. I just pulled that uh, gem out of my bank of verbiage. Thank you. See, this can this is what concerns me about ChatGPT because. Now that it exists, you think that I am using chat DPT in order to augment my intelligence. And I'm Oh, are you, you saying know, that now it's pointless to become smart because people are just going to assume that you're using an AI bot? Or Well, I mean, that's an aspect of it, yeah. But I mean I am smart and I, I that was in the vestiges of my brain. So But what a waste of time becoming smart. When you don't have to be anymore, you can let artificial intelligence be your intelligence. You know, someone could ask you a question and uh, you can just be like, duh, I don't know, but hold on. And then you could like, you know, go ask ChatGPT and then you come back with a brilliant, well thought out, well researched, well formulated and well articulated response. And you didn't have to do any of the work. You didn't have to spend any money on college. You didn't have to like even think. You're right. And you know what? That is a major concern because you've heard of Neuralink, right? Uh, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. But I can go ask ChatGPT and I'll come back with a brilliant response. <laughs> yeah. Well, you won't have to ask ChatGPT if you're hooked into Neuralink. Oh, okay. Because Neuralink is a direct uh, pipeline to ChatGPT or any um, any type of uh, Google or what whatever uh, computer information that you can have access to so would i virtually put like a usb port on my head and connect to a chat gpt bot and then i don't have to like think at all like chat gpt just does it for me through hardwiring yeah they would open up your brain and stick something in and connect you directly to this ai device now right. people think like oh okay well oh that's going to be great right because i'm going to be so smart i'm going to be i don't, I don't think that they at don't all that sounds terrible yeah Thank you. Yes, you should look at it that way because you know what? Um, somebody at work one time was like, oh, how cool is that going to be? Because, you know, you're going to be so smart. I'm like, no. Really? It's going to control you. It will control you. You cease to be a person. Yeah. Like, what's the well, fucking I mean, yeah, point I mean, of living, dude? If you're mm -hmm. just like, all my robot brain tells me all this amazing shit. Like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Like, now, now intelligence just becomes ubiquitous. There's no value or, or differentiation to it. It, uh... <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I don't want that. Well, I'd rather be yeah, much I, stupider than well, everyone else connected to a computer and uh, just rely on my own experiences and thoughts and ideas. Even if in a world full of people connected to AI bots, um, totally leave me in the dust. I think I would still just remain a stupid natural human. I'm totally with you. That will never, ever happen to me or uh, anybody in my family. But what I will say is that playing devil's advocate, um, it actually... we. We do actually use ChatGPT and Google constantly throughout the day, right? Sure. Now, and that and that's the obstacle that they were looking to overcome with something like Neuralink is what they call the bandwidth problem. Mm. So if you think about the bandwidth problem, there's a massive issue that you're trying to uh, resolve and you have it thought up in your brain or, um, and then what you have to do is you have to, type it out on a on a keyboard in order to get it to the computer in order to convey it and then it comes back that is where the the bandwidth narrows and gets small because it's you know a difficult effort mm. to type that out okay you know but if you don't have that bandwidth issue where you're able to communicate very quickly with a computer then uh, you're you're hooked into the you know the backbone and of course what people don't understand is that as brainwashed as people are today, they're going to get 10 times more brainwashed if they have something, a computer hooked into their brain, yeah, if they stop, AI, especially an AI. Yeah, if they stop computer. relying on their brain to do the processing. They're just like, um, you know, like thinking is hard. So I'm just going to like let this computer do it for me and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, humans are pretty lazy, so I can see that being adopted pretty readily. Like, I don't know. My first thought is, why? Wow, who would want that? But you said like someone at work is just like, wow, wouldn't it be great to like be directly connected to an AI bot to do your thinking for you? I can't even wrap my mind around thinking that that kind of thinking would be cool or good in any way. Um, but uh, people are very lazy, so I can see 
uh, a huge number of people being ready and willing to plug themselves into this just to be like, oh, shit, I don't even have to think, and it makes me super smart. Like, man, I'm going to be a superhuman, uh, which, you know, may sound good to some people, I guess, but it's it certainly ah, just yuck. I don't know. I want to use these things as toys and continue being people who have, like, real conversations and do their own thinking. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah, people, it's really kind of, in my opinion, a tool of somebody that may not have so much confidence in their ability to where they think if they're going to be able to augment their intelligence and knowledge that it's going to give them a competitive advantage but, over things. But in a world where and that's, it certainly will. Well, but, or will it? Because in a world where that's readily available to stupid guy, why isn't it available to every other person stupid guy is talking to? Now, what differentiates yeah. you? What makes You're not the only person who's going to have access to this cool AI plug in your brain. Everyone else will have it too. So your newfound incredible intelligence will no longer separate you above the pack uh, in any way. So you're just going to be new type of average stupid guy you you haven't you haven't like uh, elevated yourself you've just kind of continued at median and show me the off switch where the fuck is the off switch can you just unplug can you just unplug your head you know so you go can you imagine how, how it would feel to be connected and brilliant and access to all human knowledge like with the with the chat gpt engine to be able to uh produce output as quickly and completely as it can and then you unplug yourself and then you're back to thinking like what should i have for dinner <laughs> like yeah. you're just back to being dumb did i leave my keys on the couch you know like i, for- I forgot how to make spaghetti oh uh, dude do we feed the dog oh man he looks hungry Uh oh i don't remember if i fed the dog uh yeah like like ah, just eh, fuck dude what are humans gonna become I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I just really, yeah, I just really do hope that that it doesn't come to fruition. And if it does, I mean, then we're really looking at the end times here. I mean, we're we're pretty damn close to it right now. Well, but like, I mean, our, our society has been polluted uh, immeasurably by instant connectivity. You know, like the the huge, amazing benefit that social media is, and the internet, and the the instant communication that's made available to all of us all across the world is incredible, but it's also been pretty detrimental to, to, uh, everything in so many different ways, right? Like it's pretty arguable that being directly connected through social media and things of that nature, uh, are good or bad. Um, there's pretty, pretty, uh, convincing arguments to be made on both sides of that coin. And Mm -hmm. this is certainly going to be a very similar thing to where, uh, is it going to be good? I'm sure it's going to have lots of good benefits. Is it going to be bad? I'm sure it's not sure it'll have lots of bad benefits. Um, and then at the same time, like, is it going to be like flying cars where the technology to make flying cars has, has existed for a long time. And we've always considered like, oh, soon we'll all be flying around and no one will drive on roads anymore. And we'll all be flying in cars by the year 2000 and whatever. And we never got anywhere close to that, even though the technology probably technically exists, um, is it going to be like that where we just expect AI to become this ingrained part of our, of our, our thinking and it just never really happens or is it going to happen faster than we, than we imagined? Like with chat GPT, just being dumped in our lap, uh, all of a sudden we're going to have this incredibly powerful tool and we're still just a bunch of primitive idiots going, look, it makes fart jokes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, like us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I think that, um, yeah, just like the, the flying car, you're right, that's, that's a pretty good analogy of, of something that we kind of knew or thought would materialize and then just kind of disintegrated somewhere. <clears throat> because, you know, there probably just wasn't much of a, a driver. A, a, um, well, let me put it this way. A rich guy could not get mega more rich by creating a flying car uh just probably maybe you know i I think rich men run everything like if if they can get richer then we're gonna see it in our lives but people would buy flying cars If if flying cars became readily available like economically um obtainable for on the masses like like electric vehicles they they were kind of like this pie in the sky for a long time they were overpriced and they were under they were underdeveloped, like they weren't as good as you wanted them to be, and they were more expensive than normal people could afford. 
And now the technology has become affordable and very reliable. And now more and more people are buying electric vehicles, you know. So there's a lot of money to be made there by perfecting the technology and bringing it within economic reach. So I think same with flying cars is if, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's still just as out there as it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago when we thought it would be just this automatic, oh, yeah, soon we'll all just be flying around in these rad cars. Um, but we're not. But I think for technology companies and, and the billionaires you're talking about, if they were to develop that, there's certainly enough demand to buy flying cars. I mean, shit, I'd buy one. That'd be rad, dude, if I could afford one and they were safe and, and uh, you know, we had all that worked out with the FAA or whatever that looks like. I would totally buy one. Yeah, I mean, I just try to think of it like, how do you stop flying cars from flying over residential houses? And how do you um, make it so they're a dumb person can get in there and not kill themselves and their family well, that's, immediately? Well, that's, I think, the part probably that has, uh, that has held flying cars back from becoming available to the general public is the general public's mm-hmm. pretty stupid. So yep. if they take stupidity out of it by either... Um, automating the flying process like they're doing with Teslas and stuff, right? Like those those automatic piloting features in the new rad cars that Tesla has one that not just drives on the freeway, but now drives on side streets. Um, the Rivian trucks, they have one that it drives on the freeway. It won't do side side streets, but that technology is new and emerging. And soon it will be a totally normal thing for almost all vehicles on the road to be virtually driving themselves which is a way safer way to commute. Um, And humans Mm -hmm. like the freedom and autonomy of driving a vehicle themselves. I really do. Um, So I would never buy a car that I couldn't drive myself, but I would totally buy a vehicle that I didn't have to drive myself. Meaning as long as I can turn it off and go and drive on a dirt road and, you know, get sideways around a corner if I want to and have control when I feel like it, um, I would do that. (coughs) Excuse me, but I would love a vehicle that totally did all the driving for me. And I'm and I totally believe that that technology has come to a point where it's way safer statistically than letting humans drive. And if that part becomes super um uh improved or or perfected, then why not build that into flying cars? It's true. Yeah. Now or plug us all into an AI bot and then we don't have to do our thinking anyway. Right. And, and and kind of where where my mind is going with this comes down to centralization. And centralization is the rich man's tool to control everything. And this is the part about it that I don't like is that that car that drives itself is also hooked into the Internet. And, you know, it's getting over the air uh, updates. Um, you know, you can lock or unlock your car. You know, they, they can... They totally have the ability on a lot of these new cars to be able to just shut it off. Well, totally. Like Tesla is full-blown connected through your phone. Your phone is the key. Your phone is the brain. Your phone downloads updates for your Tesla. And all that's connected, you know, to the Internet through your phone's signal. So, yeah, they could totally um, say, like, you're in a high-speed pursuit and this guy's in a Tesla. The police could force Tesla to shut you down if you're a danger. I don't know that they would because there are certain, you know, rights and whatever there, but I think that technology would totally exist, right? Yeah, it's only a step away, right? Uh, yeah. It's only like it's only it's only one step away, it's only one policy away, it's only one new law away. Sure. To say, okay, and we're going to stop, we're going to regulate these cars to not go over 60 miles an hour, and then it, it's all about control. And you know, I'm sorry to get uh what some people would think is negative on this subject, but it's true. Like the centralization of power is what the rich man looks for uh, to, to get garner more and more control and as eventually take over as much as they can, you know, well, it's kind of sure. like the world economic forum. They are in, they make no bones about it. They have told, they have said how they've infiltrated governments how they're going to dictate policy, how they think there's too many people alive today. Like this is a non-governing agency and they actually control government. So like you get to a point and and they, you know, they're one step away from the central bank, like all the central banks. So Uh it's like, okay, I mean, so they want consolidation of power. They want consolidation of government. They want, they don't want 
uh, separate laws in different states. They don't want, they want consolidation under one thing because they want a one world government. And they make no bones about it. So, so like, so that's I, that's my enemy. Well, and I, and I think you're totally right. We have to push back to you know overlord situations. Um, but then on, on like devil's advocate or on the flip side of that, like related to driving, to be able to control vehicles um, through automated um, piloting systems or through built-in governors, regulators on speed regulation and that kind of thing, or the ability to shut down someone when they're a danger. Like some of these are going to be good for public safety overall, you know, like how many high speed pursuits do you see where some guys like driving on the wrong side of the road, flying across sidewalks and taking out, you know, light poles and, and like, that's some dangerous shit. And, uh, I, I would yeah, like, but how often does that happen? I think it's going to be used more as a, a way to push tyranny it's just like the central bank digital currency you know they want to get rid of cash because they can't control you paying me with cash they don't know that you paid me with cash so they want to get rid of that Ah. and there's a there's a push to get rid of that so if you have a central bank digital currency what happens is that you know it's all tied in your phone and eventually it's not even tied in your phone they use your face recognition or for you to pay. So your wife can't use your credit card anymore. She can't use your phone anymore. It's tied into her face. And guess what? If your or her carbon credits, like if they, if they implement like a carbon credit system and they say, okay, well he bought this Volvo, it's not electric. Your carbon credits now are like under this amount or in, in the world economic forum pushing for you to not eat meat. And they're literally openly pushing for us to eat insects this is not i'm not making this up this is quite literally what they're saying and if that gets instituted and then there's 15 minute cities too they're and this is happening in england and canada they're trying to corral people into a city so that and then and that what they sell it by saying everything is within 15 minutes of your convenience but you can't go out of that 15 it's a prison is what it is and people don't really see this happening because it's not on the news because they own the news. Anyway, wow, I'm getting off into the whole um, things that I know we usually don't venture down that. But everything I said is true. Everything I said is verifiable right there. And we have to look out for that. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, we have to be careful of voting for convenience. Um, I think a lot of us, some of us more than others, are, are guilty of 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 voting for like oh yeah well that makes sense because this well like the argument i just gave you where it's like oh hey giving up control of your uh independent right to drive which we don't have a right to drive it's a privilege to drive right but your independent um driving ability uh because it would it would prevent some high speed pursuits from getting out of control and endangering people then you give up a a right or a privilege that you know um that can like, uh, you know, fall into it's, it's a slippery slope that, that can kind of end up costing you more than, than meets the eye, almost like the, uh, the freedom of information act, you know, how they used the whole nine mm-hmm. 11 thing as a, as a means to scare people into our, our, our need to let them invade our privacy. <coughs> well, sorry, still getting over yeah, a cold. The fourth amendment. Yeah. To inv- fourth in, amendment invade our right mm-hmm. to privacy. Um, you know, in the in the spirit of protecting us against terrorism, because it's such a prevalent threat, we should all be so afraid of that we should be happy to give up our our right to privacy so the government can protect us. And that that flew, yep. dude. That that fucking that flew. You know. So yeah, always take advantage of a disaster <clears throat> is really what it came down or to, and change create the disaster. You know, create the yeah, and and people can't venture to that uh, that point of conceiving that because. We all look at other people as if they're good. When good-natured people look at other people like they're good-natured, just like how, you know, if you smoke weed, you look at other people like they smoke weed. If you're a good-natured person, you look at other people as if they're good-natured. So we can't conceive some of the things that some of these people have actually done in positions of power. But like Cheney, during that time, you know, he actually went to the NSA with his lawyers and demanded that they institute the... Freedom of Information Act and the uh, and a lot of people uh, like twenty people that worked in the NSA at that time quit and one of them was Bill Benny and Bill Benny is just like <coughs> one of the most unrespectable guys that you can meet uh, and there's a few documentaries on him but he wrote uh, some tracking system that is in the government where it anonymized 
everything that would happen. Like they can keep track of every phone call. Um, they know the whole neural net of everybody that you know. And it used to be anonymized where if you actually wanted to figure out who that person was, because your information would show up behind like a random key. Like you would have no idea who that person was. They got rid of that. So the people in the NSA can see who that person is now without a court order, which is against our fourth amendment. Mm. But we've all lived with that because there we're being protected, even though I don't see them stopping any t- terrorism or doing any, you know, nothing has been thwarted well, Derek, by this. Did you blow up today? I blew up because I ate a lot of beans. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, if you didn't uh, blow up today, then thank the government. Okay. You should be grateful yeah. that you that you didn't that you didn't blow up. Yeah, that's true. No one terrorized you and killed you. So thank you, government. Mm. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. That's some deep shit. A lot a lot of tough stuff there. Yeah, yeah. That makes me think of uh, a Stoic philosophy saying that I don't remember verbatim or who said it, so I probably shouldn't bring it up, but I will anyway. Um, like it. Where it's basically uh, no man does wrong knowingly. Where, you, like, we, we would paint certain people as doing evil things or, or people are capable of doing really, really bad things, and we... And we color them in a way that makes it sound like they're knowingly being bad. They're evil people. Like even Hitler uh, or someone like the epitome of evil or anyone you can think of um, that who's just a fucking rotten to the core evil person. The stoic way of looking at that is that no person knowingly does wrong. So in their own mind, they are convinced that what they're doing is right for whatever reason that, that mm-hmm. no one would ever do something saying, I know this is wrong and I'm going to do it. They think, oh, I'm justifying it in this way or I'm choosing to see it in this way or I'm twisting it in this way. Um, but like like e- even people in these, uh, like, you know, Cheney or someone like that, like the, these horrible fucking people, um, I'm sure he was convinced that he was doing the right thing and that he was doing good. And, uh, you know, make of that what you will, but it, it just makes me think of that, that, I'm trying to I try to be cognizant of labeling things as deliberately evil or deliberately wrong. Like that guy's such a dick. He did this just to fuck me up or whatever. Um, but I don't think I don't I don't believe I, I believe in that saying in that field of thought that no one knowingly does wrong. That I try to see it from the perspective of like, wow, that what that guy did fucking sucked. Like I wonder why he sees it that way. I wonder why he thinks that's right. And I make an attempt to see it that way because maybe I'll learn. Um, but I think the answer is rarely he knows he's being a dick and he's just doing it to be a dick. I don't agree with that because I do think there there's elements of people, um, that practice like Satanism and Santeria that you, you just can't put your head around. You can't grasp how they think and it's a completely different paradigm. Well, but they probably think what they're doing is good in some way. Even if it's twisted and fucked up mm. and, and they're wrong, generally speaking, so they from can society's kill somebody, perspective. So they can dismember somebody and uh, out of religion and think that that's good. Well, though, dude, look at like the, um, the Aztecs, where they would bring people up to the top of their pyramids and cut out their still beating heart in front of a crowd in the name of spirituality and religion. I mean, human sacrifice is an age-old human... Uh, anomaly that has been totally justified by the religious sects in power at the time to say sex <laughs> sects <laughs> uh, you know that that uh, then that's just one example of of atrocities by um, humans in the name of religion but also in so many in yeah, the name I, of so yeah. many other things but we would say that oh that's evil to sacrifice a young virgin girl uh, in these early human tribes, not that early, not that far removed from us, but we consider them so distant, uh, to say, oh, you would sacrifice a young virgin girl to make it rain or to benefit. No, it's still happening. It's still happening. We just don't hear about it. So we would paint that as evil, right? From our perspective, we would say you're a purely evil person. And it is evil. Well, sure. But in their mind, they're not thinking I'm going to create an evil, I'm going to 
commit an evil act, they're thinking, if I kill this yeah, virgin, it's going to rain and we're going to have a good crop mm-hmm. this year. Like, they think that's the case. Yeah, I, I call I consider that delusion. So, you know, there's another aspect to it where they are so deluded. And, you know, delusion is a real aspect of humanity where we believe in, in some kind of narrative or lie and we live with that narrative and lie because it's like a driving force with us. And and through that narrative and lie, we cause a lot of harm. And that's kind of the Buddhist take on it. And, and it, it is delusion, you know, and we all have delusive thoughts like sure. that. But they are they are evil. And um, just because they're in delusion, you know, doesn't mean, you know, at least I, and I get you from their perspective. Well, OK, so let's are, think about um, we, we all are delusional. We all delude ourselves in some degree. <clears throat> we mm. all commit evil acts. Um, let's see. Um, I won't hunt because I think it's wrong to kill animals. I don't. I don't. You know, push that thought onto other people. But I. I personally won't hunt because I think it's wrong to kill animals. Um, but I will fish. What's the fucking difference? Uh, in my mind, somehow I create a difference. Um, I can't break it out for you right now in any coherent way to tell you why I think it's okay to kill fish and not a deer, but I do. Um, and I'll mm-hmm. go out fishing and I'll book a fishing trip this year and I'll go catch fish and kill them, but I won't do it to land animals. Um, so I'm totally deluding myself in thinking that there's a difference. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is an accurate depiction. And then, you know, as the levels of delusion become stronger you know you get to the point people would probably get to the point of like okay well now i you know yeah not only will i kill an animal but i'll kill a person uh-huh. or something but i along, wouldn't kill that know, person along those lines. because that would be wrong but i would kill that person and here's why and mm-hmm. they justify it in their own mind and it ceases to be an evil act in their perspective it's in some way justified yeah and i i would argue to that degree of delusion that we live in that we're further spiraling down into a hell realm. And and I don't mean to, I'm not saying like devil sitting down there with a pitchfork, just, you know, burning coals waiting for you to come down there. What I mean is like, we're disassociating ourselves from what exists now. And we are creating a, some sort of a, we're reinforcing the separation of self and other. And that, that can happen between people that can happen between just our lives and, and insects. And, you know, I mean, like I don't kill insects. I don't, you know, some people will look at a spider and be like, kill it, just kill it. I I don't because, because I've, I've built a, um, what would it be called? A, a sensitivity to life. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, at first I thought it was ridiculous. Re- I really did. I, I kind of followed the Buddhist religion to a degree where, I'm like, okay, well, I will not kill insects. And, I, and at first, I'm like, it's just stupid. But then after a while now, I I literally, it, it is very difficult for me to kill a spider. I I do kill spiders. There are situations where like, fuck, you it's know. It's in your it, house. It's like a, in your daughter's room and it's mm-hmm. gnarly. You're like, I can't let that fucking thing live in here. I'm sorry. And I'm not just going to catch it and put it outside because I don't want to get bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I miss, it's going to like run under the sheets or something. And then I'm going to be like, you know, forget it. Like he has to die. That's just what it, but it hurts. Yeah. It's tough for me to kill it. And I say that I'm also a hypocrite at the same time because I do eat meat. And I, so, and I, and I'm eating meat that I don't know how it was killed. Does it? So, you know, and it bothers me every time I do kind of eat. It's interesting that you, that you bring that up because I feel the same way as you do about killing insects. I'm very adamant about teaching my boys not to kill them. I think I've told you on the show before that when my boys see like an ant or a roly poly and their first instinct is to like, uh, I step on it, you know, like they want to step on it for some weird reason. Uh, I always paint Mm -hmm. the picture of no, um, he's working. You can't bother him. We don't want to hurt him. And, uh, I also draw the comparison of, um, the only reason you want to step on him is because he's so much smaller, but what if something much bigger than you stepped on you? How would you feel? You know, yeah, like that kind of thing. Uh, exactly. uh and then I always, exactly. and I always try to like humanize or, or being eyes the ant. I tell him, 
this aunt is out here looking for food. He's going to bring it home to his family and his his kids. They need food mm-hmm. tonight. And if you step on him, yeah. he'll never go home again. And his kids will be hungry, and he they'll never see their daddy. They'll be sad. I try. I, I do all that. Like it's weird, I guess, but mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I think it's important. They like no. like you said, respect life at all forms. Um, but uh, yeah, at the same good. time, I'll go fishing and kill uh, sons and daughters and and uh, dads and moms. Um, mm-hmm. and eat them. Uh, but I like fishing. And then also with the eat meat thing, like you said, like I think vegans would feel much the same way we we feel about um, killing bugs or killing people. I think a lot of vegans have come to the point in their perspective of eating meat is murder. And it's hard to argue that it's not. Uh, it's just you know a matter of whether or not you're willing to accept that and you're okay with it. But you're certainly killing beings to eat them. And it's not entirely necessary. It's just delicious. Um, so it's a hard argument to make, you know. Like I, 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 yeah, I theoretically would be on board with not eating meat, but I really like meat, you know. So like I don't know. I just haven't allowed myself to go down that path because it leads to me not eating meat, and I like meat. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I do think that there is just. I mean, can we theoretically live off of vegetables? Yeah, I think we can. It's probably very difficult for some people. I think some people do have a body type where they kind of need some meat. You know, definitely men need more protein. But, you know, I'm saying while I'm saying this, I, I have flashbacks of just like UFC fighters who are completely vegan who are fucking ripped. Well, that's that's kind you of my I thought, mean? too, so, is that, that I most vegans I know do not look like they're incredibly healthy. Like they're either really mm-hmm. emaciated or they're kind of flabby. Like they, I don't know any personally that are very well built, but I know of them. Like you said, you see people right. on TV or fighters or athletes are just like, oh, oh, I've been vegan for 20 years. And you're like, wow, holy shit. Okay. So it can work. Um, but it does sound like a lot of work, a lot of thought, a lot of research and, and, uh, you know, buying like plant protein and, and, and. I don't know, not eating hamburgers. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Native American aspect of it where they completely respect the buffalo and they realize that without the buffalo, they can't live their yeah. life. And they kill the buffalo in respect and they use every single part of the buffalo and they just, you know, it's it's part of their, they understand that life can't go on without the buffalo. And they're not going to decimate them all and they don't want them to suffer. So it's about, you know, at the end, it's about trying to create as least amount of suffering as possible, I suppose. Well, yes. I mean, so, yes, I think that's the most responsible way to commit murder um, is to make full use to to make full use of the body that you kill and to um, do it as sparingly as possible, not to wastefully kill or or, Mm -hmm. um, indiscriminately kill. Um, but it's still killing nonetheless. So, I mean, you're still mm-hmm. deluding yeah. yourself to thinking, oh, this is okay and that's not okay and justifying what you want, which is meat, delicious, delicious meat, um, figuring out a way to square that up with your own sense of what's right and wrong. And I think that's just different for everybody, you know? Um, yeah, but I mean, I, the, the difference comes in for me with the remorse factor. Do you have remorse over the killing or do you do you respect what you just killed in order that it's giving you life or are you just killing? Mm. And I, I do think that that fits into kind of what we're talking about with the delusional aspect of people that actually can do something like that and not think twice about it. Kill a person or something like that and not even be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just and not even like bat an eye like that is delusion that's going to lead down to a, a you know you're continually going to fall into a hell realm and there's you know it could be lifetimes before you actually start coming back up you, you know you haven't found the hell that you haven't hit bottom yet well, i guess i could say and i i think the bottom is multiple lives and i think people are prone to desensitizing when they um, I don't know how to, to articulate it really well, but the more you do something, the 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 less bad it seems. Like the, yeah, the, desensitization. Yeah, you desensitize mm-hmm. yourself yeah. to it, right? And the example that immediately comes to mind is like military guys who are who are placed in a situation where they have to kill people. Like that same guy before he ever was yeah. deployed was probably not itching to kill people. Probably 
Made mm-hmm. him upset to his stomach, made him uncomfortable, didn't like it at all, refused to ever do it, vowed to never do it. And then they find themselves in a situation where they have to do it. It's either the enemy or me. And you kill someone, you probably feel terrible about it. And then you do it again and again and again. And pretty soon it starts becoming a little bit more um, routine. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's just natural. You can't say, oh, hey, he's a bad person now because he's you know desensitized to murder. It's like, well, that's just the natural human way to all experiences we we desensitize them as we become used to them we are we become desensitized to them as we experience in them as we experience the thing more and more um but also in a group setting where it's way easier mob mentality where if you're a part of a mob of a hundred people and that mob is going to go rip some person apart and kill them you would much more readily participate in that mob to commit murder than you would on your own going after a person, ripping them apart and murdering them. Um, so there's also Mm -hmm. that, that group tribe mob mentality that we all have ingrained in us because we're, we're, you know, group animals, we're tribe animals. And when the whole tribe Mm -hmm. is eating meat, uh, it becomes much easier to justify, uh, eating meat. And if you were the first human and you were faced with um, the necessity to eat sustenance, you'd look around our planet and, you know, you'd probably look at all these different things that are edible, like like plants and shit, and be like, okay, so this is all edible. And then you'd see a deer walk by and be like, yeah, but maybe I'll just kill that beautiful animal and eat him. You know, it, it would be a much different thought than seeing everyone on the planet killing animals, mass-producing them, raising them to be eaten, you know, um, the, yeah. the food production situation that we're in it becomes so much more normal but um if you had to decide what to eat and you were just dropped on our planet um i don't know that you would decide to kill things well once you got hungry you would decide to kill yeah something. yeah if you li- and that's if you're when, in a place that's that, when you would that do doesn't it. have any you know uh plants to eat and that sort of thing or or um you yeah. know things you can forage for berries or i don't know carrots <laughs> whatever food in the ground uh but, yeah, I don't know that your first thought would be to kill animals. Your first thought would probably be to forage. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hunger would <laughs> definitely be a driving force, I think. You, you get hungry and you you look at a turkey and you're like, how do I kill that thing? I, that That is going to die um, because I need to eat it or, <laughs> you know, um, which is an uh, interesting. Uh, mind if I take a segue on this a little oh, yeah. bit? about about turkeys so <laughs> speaking yeah, of turkeys. I went to the cabin speaking of turkeys <clears throat> um i ran into 20 wild turkeys at the cabin this last week what's weekend. a cabin uh that land that you, i bought you, built, you put a cabin on there i didn't put it up there somebody put it on there it's actually a shed a converted shed it's like 20 foot by 12 foot oh shed oh cool but it, it but it has a loft in it and it's completely insulated it's really a good job it, they insulated it they put tongue and groove uh siding on the inside of it and it, it's it is totally just a house right. a little house so the cabin all right i haven't heard you call it that so on your property you have the cabin okay yeah i got the cabin and it's got a wood burning stove and i mean it's you can you can live there like if shit hit that's the pretty fan. cool yeah uh with a well um, so I'm up there and it's in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nobody around me. Like I'm surrounded by farms. I'm surrounded by just cows and nothing. And, and I hear the first thing that I hear is some fucking wings flapping really big fucking wings. And then I see the tail end of this creature flapping and get up into a tree, fly up to a tree, enormous wingspan fucking enormous and i first thought i mean the only thing that i could think of that must be an owl yeah but then i was like that's too loud to be an owl like it was too big it was bigger than an owl and i just couldn't believe it and then and then i realized because you know the last few times i've been up there like right when i pulled my truck up there like 20 wild turkeys would run off i'm like holy shit turkeys fly i i didn't know that either and so i looked it up i didn't know either i thought turkey was a flyless bird but they fucking fly and let me tell you what they're loud they're scary people think that they're like oh you're scared of a turkey my dad was making fun of me you're scared of turkeys now it must be the, you know because i got like 
when I was a kid, seagulls took away my chips when I was on the beach. And he's like, oh, it's because of those seagulls when you're a kid. <laughs> he was fucking with me. I'm like, yeah, you... Let me, let's see you come up here and get in between these 20 wild turkeys. And then one of them flew like right about 40 feet in front of me. And it was fast as fuck. It was like a pig flying. It was enormous, wow. dude. And the only thing I could think of is if those talons like stuck out and it wanted to rip you to pieces, like, dude, do not mess with any turkeys. Dude, like, like if then, you had a bag so of I, chips, you would just throw it and say, take my chips. <laughs> take the chips. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's a uh, it's mating season right now because it's warming oh, up. So they're like going. He might nuts be looking for there. more than chips, then, D. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, <laughs> look out. <laughs> um, but no, there. Yeah, there was a ton of them, and they were making a ton of noise. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Just beware of wild turkeys. All right, Derek's scared of turkeys. We've established that. That's uh, mm. that's uh, you would be, and you would be too. You would be scared of turkeys, too. I have never me. seen a wild turkey, like, in the wild, other than, you know, corralled, tamed, just waiting to be executed and, and eating delicious, delicious turkeys um, <laughs> in a pen, like at a petting zoo or something. I've never even really experienced real turkeys. Uh, I've seen mm. them on a survival show once where I don't remember the name of the show, but it was basically this big, burly marine guy who went out into the wilderness and survived and he was in a place where there was some wild turkeys and he you know was like he saw the the flock of turkeys or the gaggle of turkeys or whatever you call a, a group of turkeys and he saw it over like a little mm. line of bushes and he's stalking them trying to be all quiet and all he had was a knife and uh he jumped over the mm. bushes and he tackled this thing and stabbed it to death and all I could think while I was watching it was, God damn, that turkey is tough, dude. Like, this giant, huge marine of a man, like this muscly mountain guy, uh, mm. really struggled to take down this turkey and stab it to death. Wow. And uh, wow. I, I thought, similar to, like, maybe what you thought, like, damn, dude, turkeys are pretty badass. Like, I, I didn't know that. I just thought they were just kind of wandering around waiting to be cooked for Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah, we have this mental image of turkeys just laying in the middle of a dinner Yeah, just table, being all, like, docile cooked. and delicious. Like, ah, oh, this is turkey just, you know, wandering around, becoming buttery. And, uh, no, dude, they'll, they'll, they'll fuck you up, dude. Like, the, this guy was struggling to take this turkey down. And uh, it was it was an eye-opener for me. Yeah, I believe in it. And I found, I looked it up, I found a video where turkeys in a group or pack or whatever they're called started attacking the hunters that that shot hey, can you them. just i didn't finish we the have video. access to all human knowledge can you find out what a what a um murder of turkeys is called <laughs> murder of turkeys what is a group of turkeys called you know who would know this fingers oh i thought you were saying chat gpt well chat GPT. yeah it probably knows too yeah fingers uh, i don't know if he's ever hunted turkey i'm sure he has he's rick fingers but uh yeah I've never heard a turkey hunting story from him. I'll have to ask him that. I was just talking to him the other day, and I didn't think of asking about killing turkeys. Yeah, I doubt he's probably around turkeys. He's a California boy, uh, right? Dude, so he's been everywhere. Be Especially turkeys. when he was young, his dad and him and his brother went out like hunting everything, dude. He's hunted everything. They have like rams' yeah. heads hanging on their wall and shit. Like he's he shot it all. Oh, oh okay. Uh, a group of turkeys is called a flock, a flock. or a ah, raptor, like a raptor, or a raptor, a raptor. Rafter, nah. yeah, rafter. That's the word I would rather use just to annoy the fuck out of like, people. That's a rafter of turkeys. You have to do that what? now that you actually have you actually <laughs> have rafters I, I of turkeys do. like running around your neighborhood. Just re refer to them as that in passing, as if everyone is totally familiar <laughs> with the term rafter. Like, dude, so I was on my property and this rafter of turkeys cruises by, and it's like so crazy. <laughs> they were huge, and people would be like, "This what? This this what of turkeys? It's a rafter. You didn't know it's a rafter, just, like." Duh. Just keep using it over yeah. and over. Here comes the rafter. Here comes the It was the, the biggest rafter I've ever the seen. Is it, was after a, us. it was an amazingly <laughs> beautiful rafter of turkeys. One of the most amazing rafters I've ever seen, by the way. Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta use that one. Flock was my first guess. Uh probably the easiest and most yeah. obvious. But I will I will throw it out there that I was right the first time. It's not a murder. All right. Yeah. I like how a, a group of crows is called a murder of crows. I I, I like that a lot. I wonder 
if that's where the word murder comes from. Is there some connection with the nefarious word murder and a murder of crows? Like, is one named after the other? You know what I mean? Is it just a coincidence, Derek? Well, we can find out because the origin of this term is unclear, but it is thought to have originated in the 15th or 16th century with group nouns were often used to describe animals. The term murder may have been used because crows are known for their aggressive behavior towards other birds and their tendency to scavenge or carry on. You know Pretty what I mean? badass, dude. That's cool that you just pulled Thank that you, off the yeah. top of your head, man. I'm, I'm impressed. That's in the rafters of my uh. brain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I... I have achieved a lot of knowledge over the weekend, so every once in a while you might hear me describe something in great detail like that. And uh, don't, you know, just attribute it to me is all I'm this asking. This was a just attribute particularly inspiring weekend for me. I became incredibly smart over the weekend. Um, so, you know, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly. I'm, oh, here comes another. However... It's it's worth noting that crows are actually quite intelligent and social animals, and their behavior is much more complex than the term murder suggests. So I just want to throw that oh, out there, too. Oh, wow. Thanks for that little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, that no aside was, was very relevant and incredibly enlightening. And <laughs> <laughs> very, very insightful. I'm... Uh, I'm well, it's it, it a little socially obvious, right? It's a little obvious, I think. But, you know, I just wanted to say that. You know, I just want to complete the I thought. I like how we, yeah. we consider things smart or dumb compared to our opinion of what's smart or dumb. Just to be like, hey, you know, that animal's actually really smart. He can use sticks to poke uh, things. And you're like, wow, that's really smart um, compared to other animals yeah. that are not able to poke things with a stick. Like, wow, I had no idea that animal was so intelligent that it can poke things with a stick, Um, which, you know, it's all comparative. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting a phone call there. Let me silence that. Don't. Yeah, to where uh, we're. Yeah, yeah, no, the the, uh, comparison of what is smart and what is not is from a human perspective. It's pretty funny because I'm sure other animals would be like, oh, and we don't think you're all that smart, by the way, human. Um, Just saying, you know. Yeah, no (laughs) shit. And I wonder, yeah, and what it comes down to, right, is this, self-awareness so i and i agree i think that we we think that we're so superior to everything and anything that's alive but you know common sense just tells you that can't be right Right. that's just like eh, maybe maybe not but then you know of course you got a horseshoe crab which is the most ancient creature and you think of it as stupid but i don't know there's got to be something there that mm, well makes us equal it's a horseshoe crab the most ancient creature i didn't know that okay i I was thinking mosquitoes when i think i I, I do know when i think Uh, of something that's um, been here the longest i think of mosquitoes or sharks the sharks have been here a long time but uh yeah if, if if you look at something like a horseshoe crab assuming it's been here a long time uh longer than humans for a human to stand in judgment of that horseshoe crab and say, I declare you dumb, uh, is very arrogant and ignorant um, because something's working out for that horseshoe crab. It's not just a chance of nature that it's lasted so long and figured out the game of survival um, so much longer than we have that uh, it's still around. And for us to declare it dumb is is uh, just flat out stupid. Um so, but I think humans are good at that. I will even say, I think Americans are good at that. Um, it always strikes me as arrogant when I hear Americans mm. talk about how superior Americans are to other countries uh, or how superior America is to other countries. And America is great. I can go on and on and on about how amazing uh, the American experiment is, but we are a very young experiment and we have yet to prove our staying power. We're, you know, 250 years Mm -hmm. old and, uh, uh, many, many, many other nations that we look down our nose on are centuries, um, and millennia older than that. So, it's it's uh, a very human thing to look down on things who have proven themselves to be um, incredibly viable, and it's also a very American thing to look down on other countries um, as being 
um, inferior to our own greatness. What are, what other countries? Well, oh, I mean, oh, oh, you mean like there's other countries out there? Somewhere? No, no, no. I mean, Americans will look and, and say things like, "I know, I'm playing a role. Oh, I'm acting oh. like I'm acting like an ignorant." Oh, you're American. right, you're right. I mean, of course, Sorry. there's no other greater country <laughs> yeah. than America. It's America. It's it's the it's the greatest, hands down. Right, no yeah. arguments. You can't dispute that. It's the greatest country that ever was and is and ever will be. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, indisputable. Although I do love this country. Well, I think I think yeah. what we've done, what the founders created is the greatest political structure that has ever existed. And yes. I'm enjoying that experiment. I'm grateful to be a part of it. But I'm also aware of the fact that we're not superior to everyone and everywhere and everything and all other governments and all other societies. We're very young. Uh, it's a lot like the 15-year-old teenager um, pretending like he knows more than his, you know, 80 year old grandpa. Um, it's a lot like that youthful arrogance. Uh, Americans are chock full of that. Yeah. I think there's a term <laughs> that this brings to mind. It's like easy times create weak men, hard times create strong men, uh, weak men create hard times. Um, so talking about like we're in easy time and then we become complacent and then be, being complacent, we, end up rolling into hard times because we don't um maintain what the the founding fathers uh had created for us yeah did you just pull that off chat gpt maybe not maybe not i never know what is authentically derek wisdom (laughs) versus ai bot wisdom well i mean Horseshoe crabs have been around for over 450 oh, years. You 450 know? years? 450 That's not mil- that long. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I I didn't say 450 years. I said 450 million uh, years. You, you oh, heard oh, me oh, it's my fault. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, didn't misspo- fault. yeah. I didn't misspeak. I didn't mean, You misheard. Right. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> the, uh, they predate dinosaurs. Oh, you know? wow. And, yeah. It, and, and individual horseshoe crabs don't live anywhere near that length of time. Oh, so obviously. I can't ask one like, uh, "Hey, horseshoe crab, what happened to the dinosaurs?" <laughs> like he doesn't know. Like, <laughs> dude, I can't believe they threw that line in there. They made me sound like an idiot. It's like, however, individual horseshoe crabs do not live for anywhere near that length of time. Like, <laughs> as if anything lives anywhere near that length of time. I mean, a two thousand a two thousand uh, year old tree is like, wow, it's two thousand years old. But to say anything just so you know nothing lives to be 450 million years old i'm just just saying just saying that's hilarious see that that reminds me like say somebody gets that implant and they're like hooked into chat they're gonna GPT say that. And like t- doing it yeah yeah they're doing an interview they're like well however nothing's lived over 450 mir- anywhere near 400 and the interviewer's years. going uh um, yeah um, i thought yeah. i was talking to a smart person but i can see i'm not <laughs> i'm talking to chat gpt I'm never mind talking. Uh, i'm yeah. talking to imagine that oh god but in the future who knows that might happen right you you interviewing somebody you kind of want to know if they're a chat gpt bot and you're kind of like asking questions in order to give them the turing test right uh, yeah it's, so I mean, it's, it's, like, it would be oh, tough to like yeah. um purposely throw out those turing tests um it just like it happens in conversation like that you know you would just like you would hear that off thing where you're just like kind of like <laughs> no human would feel the need to clarify that <laughs> crabs don't live 450 million years i i didn't need that like <laughs> yeah. i didn't think they did bot man i, I didn't yeah. think they did yeah. <laughs> I've lost confidence yeah. now in repeating chat GPT. I was like, uh, I'm all like bombastic and, and braggadocious. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Now I got to like read ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were, you were just, you were just yeah. blatantly reading out their their opinions as if they were your own in real time. Yeah, you may want to, uh, you may want to censor those ahead of time. Yeah, that's going to be hard. That kind of makes me skip a beat now. Oh, well. <laughs> that crab comment changed everything. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, hopefully uh, it will not be 450 million years before we do another episode. I'm sorry I couldn't do last week. I was feeling sick. I'm still kind of sick. You can tell by the way I'm hacking, but uh, I feel a lot better. And uh, I'm really glad we can. Well, I was hoping. Yeah. I I want you to sound more Nathan. Um, I did. Boy, did I sound terrible. I felt fine. Like I was physically totally fine, but I was very like, you're just dark in my podcast. (laughs) 
for once I want the I want the voice advantage of you. You know, on top of you, you can't. You got to give that up every once in a while. I'm like, unwilling to to yield <laughs> that, uh, that 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 arrow victory. in my quiver. Uh, I've got so few arrows. <laughs> I've got so few. Oh please. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. I'm no horseshoe crab Dude, over here. This you is know, great. I got to take the take, yeah. <laughs> take whatever advantages I can get. I won't be here forever. I won't be here for 450 million years, Derek. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alright well great time talking yeah. to you um, say hi to the fam brother sounds good later bro it is a beautiful bush that is that is one beautiful bush yeah hey this is Mike thanks so much for joining us we really really do appreciate you and we hope you're enjoying the show Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you if you'd like to support the show that would be great um, you could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app uh, also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, in most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing, and that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.